yeah, and it's been, spotlight. It's been really bad for my faith in humanity this year. Man. Between that and I watched Concussion. Oh, um, right. I concussion. watched Concussion yeah, right yeah. after I watched The Big Short. So like, yeah. totally lost faith in Sports, everything this money, weekend. It's been a very merry Christmas. Everything I that, mean. <laughs> yeah, everything I've watched during my Christmas break has just been awful. <laughs> Welcome to Pulp Fliction. This is the podcast where we review the big short, almost a surefire Oscar nominee, multiple probably upcoming in 2016. And uh, let's roll that trailer footage. Do you want to say that beautiful bean footage every I do time? Every single time? I know. I know. I do. Roll that beautiful bean footage. I don't even know what that's from. Really? It was, it was a commercial. Uh, Bush's baked beans. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Michael, how are you? I found something really interesting. The whole housing market is propped up on these bad loans. They will fail. The housing market is rock solid. It's a time bomb. So Mike Burry, who gets his hair cut at Supercuts and doesn't wear shoes, knows more than Alan Greenspan. Dr. Mike Burry, yes he does. You know what? I'm pissed off. American people are getting screwed by the big banks. And I am getting madder and madder. It's unbelievable. Then this guy walks into my office and says, There's some shady stuff going down. All the banks were having a big old party. A few outsiders saw it when no one else could. The whole world economy might collapse. I'm sure the world's banks have more incentives than greed. You're wrong. No one's paying attention. The banks got greedy. And we can profit off of their stupidity. You want to bet against the banks? I think we're either high or having a stroke. Kind of brilliant. Fraud has never, ever worked. Eventually, things go south. When the hell did we forget all that? Thank you, Jacob. <laughs> For that beautiful bean footage. I'm sorry. The Big Short is directed by Adam McKay, weirdly of Anchorman and Talladega Nights. Step Brothers. It's so weird, right? Adam McKay, where did this come from? This guy that has uh, directed all these um, comedies comes out of nowhere. The other guys... Um, I'm really shocked that Will Ferrell's not in the cast, but who is in the <laughs> cast is uh, Christian Bale, Steve Carell, Ryan Gosling, and Brad Pitt. So among these guys, a lot of Oscar nominees. So the talent is there. Four outsiders in the world of high finance who predicted the credit and housing bubble collapse of the mid-2000s decide to take on the big banks for their lack of foresight and greed. It was a drama. It was um, real-world drama meets Really, some comedy as well, Jacob. Your overall thoughts on the Big Short? Um, this movie's just kind of one of those movies that's right up my alley. You know, smart, funny. Like, ah, that's another thing. It's, I mean, it was unexpectedly funny. In fact, like, so to to anyone who's listening, uh, Brandon and I went and saw this movie together, and about halfway through. I was uh, multiple times uh, actually. I had to look up things that were just like, "What is going on here?" So mainly, so I, when I looked at Adam McKay, it's like, "Who? Like, where did this guy come yeah. from?" Because uh, I, I was just blown away at um, this smart movie that was funny coming from a director who has done a bunch of you know Will Ferrell comedies. Yeah, totally caught me off guard. Um, I really enjoyed the cast, and I mean, um, I enjoyed the cast, the story. The dialogue being thrown back and forth and how it challenged me. And, mm-hmm. and thank goodness I just got through. Thank goodness I've taken some finance classes. So I was able to kind of keep my head above water. But what this movie did also was they did a lot. They spoke a lot in layman's too. They did. I mean, you easily could say like, you know, Steve Carell's character who, you know, clearly knows a lot about finance. There are several scenes throughout the movie where he's asking questions that in real life he probably knew. Right. That's just to explain it to us. And I love that about yeah. it. You know, yeah. I mean, that's how you can connect to an audience. In it. And, uh, and they did that really well. Uh, overall, I love the movie. I thought it was a really, really great movie. Um, 
I have I have one stickler about it, but other than that, I mean, I, I have no complaints whatsoever. I think it's a it's a fun movie. Uh, we posted this on our Facebook page. You know, go see it while it's out in the theaters. It's yeah. fun to see with a big group of people because you might not catch something that's humorous, but someone else in the audience might laugh, and then right. you, we'll kind of put one you know two and two together. Yeah, um, like oh yeah, that is that funny. happened multiple yeah. times. Um, I really enjoyed it. I really did. Rachel, what did you think of The Big Short? I also really enjoyed it. I do think seeing it in the theater is important. However, my theater really only laughed at the very obvious funny parts really? of it. Yeah. So I didn't, like, while I thought... Where'd you go? Let's judge those people. <laughs> Dentaltown. <laughs> oh, of course, that's well, where apparently the crowds at AMC are smarter <laughs> because our uh, crowd was cracking up. We did have a guy who was 30 years in banking sitting in front of us. That's true. <laughs> so he thought it was hilarious. Yeah. Uh, he was talking and pointing and yeah. laughing that's all throughout really the whole funny. thing. Yeah. Uh, but I thought it was a really smart movie that that did break things down well for people who like I I understood like I knew that the crash happened. Everybody knew that the crash happened. I didn't really understand. I why. certainly felt it. I went and waited tables for a year and a half. Oh, Yikes. Wow. Yep. Yeah. Um, so I I had no idea what happened, though. And I, I'm not somebody who's really that even tries to keep up with that stuff. I just know that it did happen and I didn't look at why. But this was a really interesting look at all of that. And I thought it explained it really well to somebody who's not generally interested in that stuff i don't get interested in that stuff because it makes me lose faith in humanity really quick so that's why i am not involved in politics or banking or economic stuff or really the real estate market which i need to stay away from all of these things after watching uh, 99 homes and the big short this year but um as far as the movie itself i thought it did a really good job at breaking down a really serious subject and making it interesting when it could have been really boring and they acknowledged that it could be really boring, but they did a really good job of making it interesting. And the cast was great. The performances were great as well. Brandon. Yeah, I was surprised by how much I liked this. I was kind of caught off guard. I knew it was getting great reviews, but just kind of based on the subject matter, I was like, mm, it's one of those that I was going to go see based on the cast and based on the, the reviews and the buzz. But I really wasn't all that interested in the subject matter. But it's like they knew that. It's like they knew that the it's general audience. It's a boring audience, subject. The, the, it is. It is. But it's like they knew that. And so like, okay, let's take something that's really serious and kind of boring and kind of detailed and analytical and break it down to where – like all those cutaway scenes to like Marco Robbie and the bathtub, which was definitely appreciated. Those are um, awesome. <laughs> yeah. And uh, to Selena Gomez um, and the chef – Anthony Bourdain. Bourdain. Anthony Bourdain. Yeah. yeah. Um, those were so good. They And they really did – it's like they knew the – That was ingenious. It really was <laughs> because – and, you know, they throw around all these terms. There's so many terms that go along with, with this bubble and – the OCDs and PCPs and all those things. <laughs> triple A's and triple B's. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, mortgage yeah. bonds and yeah. all kinds of fun dialogue. The, yeah, but they really did take those things and they explained them so well. Um, and there is some, there is such a good equal mix of serious drama with the comedy. Um, there were some villains that you really didn't like. There are some guys that you really wanted to root for. Um, I mean, the villains obviously being kind of the, the big banks. Uh, and then you're rooting for the Christian Bells and, and all these kind of like young upstarts. But then I thought one of my favorite scenes of the whole thing was when Brad Pitt yelled at uh, the two young guys mm-hmm. um, played by Finn Whitrock, who I love from uh, American Horror Story, and uh, John Morego. Uh, they played Jamie Shipley and Charlie Geller. Um, you know, but they were. Uh, uh, whatever. <laughs> um, but they were so excited because, you know, they predicted, you know, this crash and it was coming to be. And Brad Pitt kind of broke it down like, hey, stop celebrating. You're celebrating, you know, the crash of the American economy. economy and <laughs> millions, of jo- millions of jobs lost. Yeah, millions yeah. of jobs lost. Gotcha. And, and I mean – so I thought it, you know, that kind of hit home for me too, because you are rooting for these characters, and then you're kind of taken aback. And yeah. Like, oh yeah. This when you really take a step back, they, I mean, the main characters, this, they're all profiting off of, you know, fine the 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 banks' mistakes and the banks lying to the public. Yeah. So these guys are still profiting; they're still being vultures. Yeah. You know, over over. Right. Um. You know, everyone else's losses. Right. So when you really look at the big picture, but that's just Wall Street, and that's just you know finance for you. And every you know, while some people lose, others win, and you know it's just all gambling. That's all. That's all it really yeah. is in a way. So uh, that's when you take the step back and you kind of look at the big picture. There's no, there's no win-win here. I mean, yeah. it's all 
you know, everyone loses or it's all bittersweet. Any way you look at it. I was shocked. I I'll say this. I'm just going to throw this. It's one of my top five movies of the year. And I did not expect that going into this movie. You know, the other movies that I really love this year, I kind of expected that I would like them based on their subject matter and all those type of things and their cast. But this pixels, (laughs) 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 but this one I didn't see coming. Uh, but I loved it. Um, I gave it a nine. Definitely. about you guys. Um, so with our top five list this week, based on this and, and recently reviewing Spotlight, we're going to do our top five favorite ensemble movies. I'm curious, which character did you guys kind of root for the most or like the most? Because they're all kind of so vastly different and kind of each played a different role. Uh, for me, it's Steve Carell. Um, I, I thought, uh, and I know he's he's meant to be like this, but Christian Bell's character was kind of spacey, mm-hmm. push away. Uh, I really like Steve Carell's because he kind of started out um, just like in Spotlight, just yeah. like Stanley Tucci. You, you know, he, you feel like he's the enemy in the beginning, and then you grow to like him because you so you see that he cares. You see mm-hmm. that he really wants to try and flesh out the problem and, and do the right thing. And then, and that's how I feel like Steve Carell did in this as well. Like, even though they are profiting, they're going to profit in the end, you know, you can see how much it bothers him and how the whole market in general, like he wants to, he hates it. He wants to quit his job from a certain perspective, but, but he's also not going to, I, I just really enjoyed, you know, just the integrity behind yeah. that. Even though he was profiting from the mistakes. Yeah, but you're right. He did kind of become the, the moral compass of the movie, yes. which is weird because in the beginning he seems like he's going to be a big dick. Yeah. I mean, like he, he just kind of comes off that way, but he does turn. Who, do, who was your favorite? Steve Carell. Really? Yeah. Well, I think that he, while he was kind of came off as a little bit nuts and a conspiracy theorist, he was right. And in the end, he was the one that still felt guilt about taking that money. Yeah. And he almost didn't do it. He I mean, almost he didn't do it. Um so so by the end of the movie you've seen that his character didn't change like he morally had a compass throughout the entire thing whether you thought it was a little skewed at the beginning or not he's the one that really had mm-hmm. that in him. I think Brad Pitt actually could have been one of my favorite characters if he had more screen time. Yeah, he was um, that I, was a surprise. He I, he was kind of wasted. Well, I, I hate to say wasted. They just put him on the poster to sell tickets. I right. mean, he, he's a, he's a total uh, he's a minor character. A minor character. Yeah. Yes, he was a great character. He plays though. a big role yeah. in it. Like, I think in the outcome I, of it, but he's ultimately yeah. a minor character. Really, I actually like the two guys he worked with more than him. I oh, mean, did you? I like Brad Pitt too. was great, but uh, yeah, uh, John John Majero and Finn Whitrock. I mean, those guys are more entertaining and fun as far as those groups were set up. Like, wait, if, if for anyone who's listening. It's it's like a lot of these guys don't ever have the same screen time together as far right. as the main characters goes. Christian Bell's never in the same room with Steve Carell, right. who's never in the same room with Brad Yeah, Pitt, I really thought at really some point they fun. were all going to cross paths yeah. based on the right. trailer, and they so did never I. did. Right. I mean, yeah. they were all at that convention, but they never connected. Right, and which those are the ways how this movie was – and I'm, this is my one nitpick about it. I, I want to say it was really – well edited together because you have these three storylines going on but at the same time and I even leaned over to Brandon at one point and said it's almost too much it was almost too much at times with the editing uh, I get what they're saying at points but sometimes it was too much in the meantime it was still really well edited and I bet it will get a nod you know when you have those the, these these ensembles put together uh, I mean I really liked the whole ensemble that that was with Steve Carell's group yeah yeah um, in particular I, I did like uh, Jeremy Strong uh, who played Vinny uh, Daniel oh, yeah, yeah. and uh, I liked his character because he was one who was always challenging Steve Carell he's right. like we need to sell now like you can see the pressing issue mind he was a no bullshit kind of a guy and that you know bottom line this is what we need to do he still right. had like the end in sight so I, I really liked that character as well uh, there were there were a lot of good supporting actors throughout this movie that aren't in the headlines yeah and uh it was just it was fun to marissa watch. tomei was strangely yeah. like for such a big she, actress she, i mean very very small role yeah. who was your Carell's favorite life. character uh i actually i see why you guys are going with steve carell but i actually i, I thought that ryan gosling was hilarious he was hilarious because you know i love funny jackass and he was so cocky was and arrogant that. but he was smart he was so funny this is your basic mortgage bond all right the originals were simple. They were just thousands of AAA mortgages bundled together, guaranteed by the U.S. government. The modern ones are different. They're private, and they're made up of layers of tranches. The highest level AAAs getting paid first, the lowest rated Bs getting paid last, taking on defaults first. Now, obviously, if you're buying Bs, you can make more money, but they're a little risky. 
Sometimes they fail. Chris? Somewhere along the line, these bees and double bees went from a little risky to dog shit. Where's the trash? Behind you. I'm talking rock bottom FICO scores. No income verification. Adjustable rates, dog shit. The default rates are already up from 1% to 4%, fellas. And if they rise to 8%, and they will, a lot of these triple Bs are going to zero, too. And that, you're too close, is an opportunity. Okay, you're saying that at 8%, the bonds fail, and we are already at 4%? That's right. If they go to 8 it's Armageddon. Yeah, that's right. How come nobody's talking about this? You're completely sure of the math. Look at him. That's my quant. Your what? My quantitative. My math specialist. Look at him. You notice anything different about him? Look at his face. That's pretty racist. Look at his eyes. I'll give you a hint. His name's Yang. He won a national math competition in China. He doesn't even speak English. Yeah, I'm sure of the math. Actually, my name's Jiang, and I do speak English. Jared likes to say I don't because he thinks it makes me seem more authentic. And I got second in that national math competition. I love breaking, you know, the, the fourth wall sometimes in movies. I don't like when they do it too often. It worked for this. It did. He It, it worked. He was so... I thought it was really, really like like when Steve Carell at the big convention, like he got <laughs> he did this, this really and happened. Looks at the camera. Yeah, that really happened. He really stood up and asked that. This is what I'm dealing with. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I thought he was so funny, and he energized. You know, any time that there could possibly be a slow moment, I never thought it was slow. And actually, you talked about editing. It's two hours and ten minutes, but to me, it flew by. Yeah. I couldn't believe how entertaining it was. That's what I was so surprised by. I feel like I learned a lot, but I was really entertained. But anyways, I thought that Ryan Gosling was the most entertaining. He but was. Then my other favorite character was actually Christian Bell, just because he, he was, was the smartest. Different. I mean, he was zany and Definitely. weird. But I loved how smart he was and how he knew he was right. I love that in characters. Like he everybody did for was a while. Him. Everybody was against him and saying he was wrong. And I loved when he was like going to these these big banks and they're all laughing when he left and like cracking up that he wanted to do it. And everybody's calling him stupid. And, and his, you know, the, the, his donors or whatever, you know, the people that backed him up, the or whatever, investors. investors, they were all upset with him. And he's like, no, I know I'm right. You're yeah. right. He did doubt it for a minute. Just slightly. Well, and just I, slightly. he didn't doubt that he was right. He doubted that the ratings were ever going to go down. Right, right, yeah. He knew he was right. Yeah. The number kept going lower and lower. He knew right. he was right, but that didn't change the fact that, it still might not pay off. Right. And that's actually, I'm glad you brought that up because that was another thing that I didn't, you know, it was really cool to learn why it happened. And they broke that down really well. But I thought the other cool part was the, uh, the kind of the fraud, corruption, criminal activity part of it. And that I didn't really realize happened like that. You know, once this happened that the big banks were, you know, trying to, to cover their butts with, you know, all these different ways of they were backpedaling, the money well, and just lying, and kind of lying about the other people, and they were lying about the grading of their mortgage bonds. Yeah, yeah. and then nobody goes to jail. No it's one for some Indian dude. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. I could not believe that. Yeah. That that was, uh, and that's why it was such a big deal when, you know, when the election occurred in two thousand eight as well, and they were going to, and the government was going to bail out all the banks, and so many people were. Not so many, you know, a good portion of the country, I'll say half anyway, uh, thought that they should have all gone bankrupt. They shouldn't right. have been been back. They should have. And, should've. and uh, they kind of talked a little bit about that towards the end of the movie. Of course, they were right. And then they blamed it on low finance. Mm-hmm. You know, actually, one of the, the, the coolest things that this movie did uh, in regards to, you know, real life situations was while all this stuff was going on, it, it kept showing like everyday people going through life but it kept re- relating it to like pop culture references yes whether it be like a music video yep. or yep. Um, something going on in entertainment mm-hmm. uh, in fact you know I, I just kind of wrote this down it said it made a statement about the general population and how people are oblivious to realistic life situations yes. yeah. and it's kind of like where Rachel said you know this is why I don't really like to pay attention to this stuff because you know I realize how cynical or bad or shitty the world is right. or can yeah. be you know and 
we just kind of go into our little bubble and we enjoy our, our music videos and our yeah. movies. I enjoy and, my ignorance. And, yeah. Well, yeah. exactly. And, and then, but as a result, our ignorance and, you know, it happens to, you know, be two years or even five years worth of people. I mean, how long has our unemployment rate been at, you know, 8% or whatever? Right. It's, right. it's really interesting. And they did that so well. They just slipped it in there so quick. Did you, yep. do you remember yeah. catching that? Yeah. yeah. They just slipped it in there so quickly. Yep, they did. And it was a nice little subliminal like message they were going on. Like, oh, general public, no clue what's going yep. on. Right. Really, really liked that. I thought that was really well, cool. Well, and they straight up said it at the beginning of the movie. You probably have no idea what happened. You just kind of knew that the economy crashed. You know, it's too bad and we that, don't have that poetry quote uh, pulled up right now. The Mar- was it Mark Twain that says like, yeah. Um, does it, does anyone remember how it was written? I can't remember, I remember, but I know what you're talking about. Okay, well, but you're right though. It was, um, and they and they nailed it when they said that. Like, you either didn't know what was going on because they used so many big terms, and you're like, eh, I don't care, whatever. That's how I was yeah. when it happened. I was like, it sucks. Well, I mean, I just hated the fallout, you know, right. how it affected the comedy as far as like economy, as far as like <laughs> why it happened and the how and nuts and bolts of, of all that. I was like, whatever. It just sucks that this happened when they were talking about the all that stuff. I didn't really pay attention. But it's important to know. Yeah. I'm, I'm so glad, glad that I they know. broke it down for me. Yeah. Now, here I want to ask you guys. Um, we reviewed Spotlight and now we reviewed the big short Two According movies to, that are very similar in, 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 from a certain perspective. Yeah, very similar. And they're probably the two biggest um, favorites for the Best Picture Oscar next year. I mean, there's a possibility The Revenant or Carol or, God forbid, Mad Max. But the two biggest front runners right now are probably The Big Short and Spotlight. So, gun to your head, which movie do you like more? I'm curious because we reviewed them both recently. I th- and to me, they're two of the best movies of the year. So, I mean, I'm glad that they're front runners. I think it's really tough. I was I, just working on my list. I have the big short in front of Spotlight. You do? I have. I think Spotlight would beat it out. So um, it's a tiebreaker. But I love. I think I like the big short more than Spotlight. It was more entertaining. It was more entertaining, Maybe which is ultimately yeah, why, why I put it ahead yeah. of of Spotlight. Just because yeah. I enjoyed it more. The Spotlight's yeah. kind of hard to watch. I mean, you didn't it's really watching. Yeah, weird, right? Weird. Well, phone. apparently, I really enjoyed watching a lot of people get screwed out of their homes. So, <laughs> I mean, what a what an interesting year in movies. Like so many of the ones that I thought I would love, you know, I'm just Pixels. okay on, or I haven't really quite seen. Right, right. And then some of the ones I, I didn't even know were coming out. I didn't know about the Big Short till like a couple months ago, if that. And then, boom! It, just like you said, it was just a nice surprise. I only knew about Same it because for Spotlight. Just, yeah, right. it, it, even yeah. Inside Out. I mean, I'm not really spoiling my my, my talks yeah. on this, but no, you're movies right. that I just weren't sure about or didn't know anything about. They just really caught me off guard. Yeah, and so I don't know. It's been kind of interesting. Anything else you guys want to? Are you going to break the tire? Are you just going to? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got caught up on what you guys. Gun to your head. It's actually really, really close for me, and that's why I asked you guys. I. Th- think i think i like the big short more it was just more enjoyable because there was, was more humor in it but if you would have put humor in the spotlight i would have questioned <laughs> yeah. what but they what, were doing no i think i know which one you liked more which one do you think will win oh which one that, i think that was the win? question you asked right no i was saying which, which one, one you would like? you vote for which like which one did you like more okay i like i like the big short more okay. but i think that you would spotlight vote for would spotlight win. Like yeah, I think had, so. Okay. And I think Spotlight will. I win. actually probably would vote for Spotlight. So would but I, I, I like the big I think it's more. slightly a better movie. It is. Um, I found that, I I found that Mark Twain is... quote, by the way. Oh, okay. What is yeah, it? It says, uh, truth is like poetry, and most people fucking hate poetry. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. I <laughs> uh, did such a great job with, with. And it was not Mark Twain that said that. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> so anything else you guys want to add to the uh, big short I'm glad to see Ryan Gosling again yeah that's what I was going to say is the only reason I knew about the big short is because I wondered what in the world happened to Ryan Gosling he was such a huge deal and then just disappeared off the face of the earth and then I saw that he had been making this so it's really nice to have him back 2013 he, was his last last time so. he did a movie uh-huh. he hasn't missed that's a step so weird uh, like, especially when he was so hot huge he was huge yeah. there for a while and then just disappeared but he's fantastic in this i like how he bradley coopered his hair from american hustle <laughs> <laughs> good call yeah he did good call he did ugh, he did a bunch of clunkers and then disappeared for a while so 
he did Gangster Squad and Only God Forgives and yeah. Place Beyond the Pines. So, yeah, uh, that's right. Although I did like um, Place Beyond, Beyond the, the Pines. Place Beyond Pines. Yeah, that but the a, other two were Gangster Squad correct. and Only God Forgives. They were really they were huge, and they got a lot of buzz before. Now Gangster like, Squad, a movie that was an ensemble that was supposed to. Everybody yeah, was Sean Penn. It was terrible. And, yeah, yeah, I was really looking forward to that, and it kind of yeah. sucked. Um. So yeah, I just want to bring up Ryan Gosling. I gotta say, okay, let, I do want to mention this one thing. I think that Steve Carell is a pretty good dramatic actor. Better than you would assume. Better than you would but assume. But not as much as he's hyped to be. Yes, I, I think he's excellent. I think he's good. I, I think he's good. But I still, he still seems like Steve Carell to me all the time. Do you think it's because we watched like eight years of The maybe, Office? Maybe, and and it's not really fair to him. Like it's I not. Can't Stop seeing Michael Scott. He was not see... great in Foxcatcher. He was no, way overrated, was overrated in Foxcatcher. Fox yeah. I think he was better in this than he, he was, was in Foxcatcher. He was much Fox better Catcher. in this. And he's not going to get nominated for this more than likely. He could. He got the Golden Globe nomination. He did. He did. Uh, but Foxcatcher, he got so much hype. I don't yeah. think either one of them should get nominated. I Neither mean, do I. I think one that cancel each other out, but it, this is just like Spotlight. There's no... I mean, no standout. No standout. Yeah, which we are kind of running running across a lot this year. Yeah, um, I think he's an excellent actor, but the thing I is like that he can only lot. play kind of like those zany characters. That's what I'm saying. You like, said, yeah, like you know, the fox the foxcatcher was a reach. Maybe that's why we didn't care much for it. But you well, know, any that, other thing where he kind of even like I would even say the forty year old version to a point he plays a pretty good dramatic role throughout there with some funny parts in it. Right. You know, I guess I just. His range isn't that, and and you would expect that from. I I just watch him and I just I see Steve Carell the whole time. I know. I think he's too sweet. I think that yeah, was part like of the reason why he he did well with this, but he wasn't completely convincing because he he's just too nice of a guy and he kind of had to be a dick at points. And yeah. I never really bought him as a dick. I, I I totally did. I liked it. Huh. That's just. Me. I actually thought he was really, really good in uh, the way, way back. Actually, he was great in the way, way Have you back. Seen that? No, which is weird Highly because stressed. he was a complete dick in he that was. movie. There's no humor yeah, he went in that all the at way. all. Yeah. yeah, you should see that. It's a movie with Sam. So, Rockwell. are you backpedaling now? I don't know. I kind of am. You might want to edit <laughs> that out. I'm, I'm not sure how I feel on it. I guess. I guess my overall feeling is it's weird to see him playing all these dramatic roles still, and it's. It's jarring to me because I'm still seeing Steve Carell. I, I like Scott. it. I hope he continues to do it because yeah. he can he can quickly go from serious to funny like that, and it makes for a fun character to watch. Yeah. Now, I, I would agree that I don't think he has much range. Yeah, he does. I don't see him doing a western or anything like <laughs> oh, that. Be awesome, um, you know, Daniel Day Lewis style. Nothing yeah. like that. But yeah. I, I love that he can kind of tackle both drama and comedy at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so anything else we want to add to the big short? I don't think so. I think we hit some good points. Yeah, I think so, too. Oh, I just want to say watch 99 Homes. For anybody listening, watch that movie as you watch this movie. Maybe not (laughs) back-to-back. But this movie shows why it happened, and 99 Homes shows the fallout, the practical application of what this really did to people. Um, Yeah, I really want to say And Michael Shannon is getting all kinds of buzz. He's fantastic in it. He's really, yeah, really good. I want to see that, actually. So, throwing that out there. I'm pretty jealous that you saw it. All right. So, speaking of other things to watch, what have you guys been watching this week? Um, Rachel, I'll let you go first this time. I'm just going to talk about Making a Murderer because, as promised, yes. when you told me about it and I said, I'll have watched the entire thing, I have watched the entire thing. It is getting a ton of buzz right now uh, because of the sheer ridiculousness of what happens to Stephen Avery. Yeah, okay, so give us, without spoiling it, kind of give us the overall gist of it and your feelings on it and how you think it is as a documentary. And Did you finish it, Brandon? No, like Misty watched it. Did and you even she was, start it? No. Oh, I, I thought you I, had. No, I, everything that I said last time was all from what Misty had told me. Okay. Misty watched it all on a weekend, and so she couldn't stop talking <laughs> about it. So I felt like I'd watched it because she had talked so much about it. Yeah, and you need to watch it. Um It's a story, basically, I'm trying to think of ways to say it that don't spoil everything You can kind of spoil, you can give away some of the basic things. Uh, Okay, well let's just start with kind of the summary. It's filmed over 10 years. It's it's about a man named Stephen Avery who is uh, in his town. It has a lot of perils if you're 
familiar with the West Memphis Three case? Yes. That's um, what there's I, a lot I of parallels that. between the two of those. Memf- West Memphis Three were three guys that were accused right. of killing this little boy, and they are they've now been released and cleared and all that kind of stuff. But they were wrongfully imprisoned. Took a long depending time on, to get out. Yes, yeah. depending on what you want to think about that. Um, the difference between Stephen Avery and the West Memphis Three is that I am convinced. I, I'm 95 percent sure that at least. Um, one of the people in the West Memphis Three did have something to do with those mm-hmm. murders. After looking further into the case and all that all kind right. of stuff, I am 100% convinced that Stephen Avery is innocent. And I have done... How out- much percentage? 100%. Really? And I have done outside... That's kind of what Misty said, too. I've done outside research because in a documentary, obviously, there's some sort of bias. Um, right. And, and you kind of have to look past that and figure out what the facts are because they're really only presenting the side of the story that they believe fully. <laughs> Unless your um, name was Robert Durst. No. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is true, the jinx. Um, so I I did look, and there were a few things that weren't presented that were a little bit iffy that mm-hmm. they didn't mention, but nothing that was overwhelmingly convincing Really? To me. No, yeah. no, that makes me want to watch it even more, just because that's my only apprehension about ever watching those kind of things, because I am worried about a slant and a bias. You know, because these filmmakers want to tell their story, and so a lot of times they'll kind of ignore other evidence and details that could alter the the narrative of that story. And I will say, I don't think this is really a spoiler, but it doesn't just follow Stephen Avery. It, it also includes his nephew. And Yeah, Misty told me about And, like, he gets really screwed, too. He is absolutely screwed. Because um, he's kind of, like, like is he's not mentally... Um, he, he has an he, IQ of 70. That's what it was. Yeah. He's not very smart. You're right. And so they, they totally they've covered that advantage. and they've showed um, it has they have a lot of phone calls with him and his mom um, that were recorded. And you can just tell like they said something. Uh, he's talking to his mom and he said that my story was inconsistent. And he was like, what does inconsistent mean? And his mm. mom was like, I don't really know Whoa. what that means. Like, we're not dealing with very smart people here. We're dealing with very easily manipulated people. And so the the law is basically taking advantage of that, right? Yes. Stephen Avery is not a particularly smart man himself. He's smarter than right. that. But his IQ, I think, is like 75. Yeesh. So he's not a lot smarter. Um, and it, it will... If you haven't lost faith in the judicial system yet, <laughs> right. after watching all sorts of the the jinx, uh, West Memphis Three, any of those type of things, this is just another one. And and overwhelmingly, everything that I've read on the internet has has people have been saying there's just no way. I have no idea how a jury could say that he was guilty of certain things. So uh, it's I think everybody needs to watch it. It's fascinating. And sad and fascinating all at the same time. Huh. So, and then you watch movies like The Big Short, and yeah, it's been Spotlight. A, it's been really bad for my faith in humanity this year. Man. Between that and I watched Concussion. Oh, um, right, Concussion. I watched Concussion yeah, right yeah. after I watched The Big Short. So, like, yeah. totally lost faith in Sports, everything this money, weekend. It's been a very merry Christmas. Everything, I that, mean. <laughs> yeah, everything I've watched during my Christmas break has just been awful. Uh, but I will talk Concussion about concussion real quick because I doubt we'll review it. It's not going to be a big enough thing. Um, I know Brandon was slightly opposed to seeing it because he loves the NFL, which is funny because you're just like everybody in that movie that's like, but wait, we're talking about the NFL. Stop saying bad things about football. Exactly. Um, (laughs) I'm actually going to tune you out for the next And actually, Will Smith himself said he had a problem taking the role because he really loves the NFL and he didn't (laughs) want to make him look bad. Um, That's awesome. But he felt like the story needed to be told. And I had watched a documentary about this uh, on Netflix a while ago. I saw it too. Um, It's good. And it is a story that needs to be told. And he was absolutely right. It's, it shouldn't take a genius to know that football can cause concussions. Uh, you're running your head into stuff. This should not be surprising. Um, but I, I think that the NFL just hid for a long time the effects that that many concussions, even if they're minor concussions, can have um, on somebody's mental health, which I think is something that players should be aware of exactly what might happen to them. Clearly, it hasn't stopped anybody from playing football. Right. Um, so it hasn't had a mass effect, and it does cover that as well as like, well, Basically, Will Smith was like, hey, this can be really bad on people. And the NFL was like, whatever, we own the world. And they still do. (laughs) It hasn't changed anything. But maybe the players 
are more aware and maybe doctors are looking for warning signs earlier. And maybe some people have chosen to stop early because they've been told if they continue to play football, it might cause damage that can't be repaired. Right. I don't know. I'm assuming that could have been the effect, a good effect of, of his discoveries. But again, everybody loves football. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, and, and that's the thing. I mean, I mean, it's good that, you know, they, I mean, it's guy, an interesting topic. But it I mean, is. The, people but have a choice to play football or not. Right, that's, not see, that's what it comes down to me. It's like boxers, like, it'd right. be like if, if some doctor's like, by the way, if you box, or you might get brain damage. Well, well no duh. crap. Yeah. Somebody's hit me in the face over and I over think, again. Like, I think I don't, the deal, it's more so the NFL cover-up, though, right? It's more so that, uh, yeah, it's it's the shady way that they went about doing it. And the if the movie's accurate, which I haven't looked up completely to see how accurate it is, but the way that it affected this guy personally, how they came, the NFL came after this doctor personally and tried to ruin his life. It's probably the Patriots. Dr. Ben and Amalu. <laughs> well, yes. no, but you saw the documentary though. Like, cause I feel like in the documentary yeah. they were, they were discrediting him and they did. telling him that he, tell, uh, even he would uh, write, um, in journals and then they would disprove that or discredit that as well. So I'm assuming this happened in the yes. movie too. Yes. Okay. But I don't know to the extent I, I don't remember to the extent in the documentary that they actually went after him, but that was. I, I'm sorry, we don't have so the name of the documentary. Uh, it, it is on Netflix, and it's probably at ESPN. I think it is. It's. Um, uh, I just don't remember the name of it. I can't either. Uh, but it is more so villainizing them in that way, yeah. uh, basically how they went after the him. Well, I mean, look. I mean, if the NFL was rugby, no one would care. Right. So yeah, it's just uh, that it's the NFL. But I will say, Will Smith. You hear gave anyone say a, anything about hockey or boxing? That's I mean, true. Because it's just this. It should be assumed. I don't know. Yeah. Any kind of heavy contact sports like that. But I will say Will Smith was really good. And it is worth watching. Um, yeah. The, um, he could possibly get nominated for an Oscar for it. I'd have to look at the other nominees. I don't know if he's he was quite that good. But well, he, he was he's good. on the bubble. He's on the bubble. That's about where like he should they be. They have three or four that are for sure more than likely. And he's kind of in contention for that final spot. Better that than Michael Fassbender because I feel like that's your number five guy. Yeah. Yeah. That, he would be you know, somebody that's contending my, with what? Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs. Oh. Uh, I would actually go with Will Smith. Really? Over Michael huh. Fassbender. Okay. Well, then you never okay. know. Yeah. Interesting. So there's that. All right. Jacob, what have you watched this week? Uh, I watched a couple of Christmas movies that I've never seen before. But first I want to talk about the movie Brooklyn. Um, I'm so jealous that you saw this. Yeah, I, I got to see it the last day before it left the theaters. So Brooklyn is, uh, it's an Irish girl immigrant lands in 1950s Brooklyn, where she quickly falls into a new romance. When her past catches up with her, however, she must choose between two countries and the lives that exist within. Stars Saoirse Ronan, yeah, <laughs> uh, Emery <laughs> Cohen, and uh, Dom Hall Gleason. Uh, there's some other actors in here too, like Jen Broadbent. Um, but it, it's it's mainly uh, Saoirse Ronan. Okay, so I know that since you wanted to watch it, Rachel, did you have any desire to see this movie? No, I do want to see it. Uh, she is fantastic in it. Saoirse Ronan, she carries this movie mm-hmm. all the way through. Uh, there are so many things that I really liked about this movie. First off, it's a romance. Um, I didn't know how much of it would be that, but it's full-on romance. I mean, mm-hmm. um, it's shot really well, and they do a great job of capturing 1950s New York City and I would say 1950s Ireland, but to be honest, I bet a lot of 1950s Ireland looks like it does now, yeah. <laughs> thinking it might. But the, a lot of the movie is is set in New York City, so you know, having the cars, the costume design, and the hair design was just was was great throughout. Um, it's you're primarily around women throughout this whole movie, and really, it's Saoirse Ronan you're around. But you know, she's in a boarding house while mm-hmm. she's kind of finding her way in in New York City. I mean, it, it's simple, like. She's an island. She's, there's nothing going on for her there. So she has um, Broadbent is a is a priest who gets her work in New York City, and her and her sister pays her way to go over there. And she's homesick. She's just incredibly homesick the entire time. You kind of feel her pain. She does a good job of portraying it throughout the movie. Nice. She's so good in it. Right when she's you know just sick of the place, whatever, she meets a boy, and you know things go on from there, and like this love story evolves out of it. Well, boom, full on in love with the boy now that she's happened in New York City or in Brooklyn. Well, something dramatic happens back at home. And so she has to leave, go back home. And she finds that 
they need her here. They need her there. Now that she has a degree in accounting, you know, they, they're trying mm. to plug her in here and, and her, and her mom is doing a good job of kind of playing the guilt trip card and, and everything like that. But she kind of soon discovers, you know, where her heart really is. And you'll have to watch the movie. Well, she meets a boy in Ireland as well. So you'll have to watch the movie to find out what happens. But um, really, really good story. Uh, solid love, you know, solid romance. You don't see many good romances anymore. Right. It is very slow paced. Eh, yeah, it is slow paced. But it didn't bother me because it was directed so well and she carries the movie so well. And I had a good time just kind of looking at, again, how they, how they made 1950s New York City look. It, it, was, it was a really solid movie. I, I enjoyed it. So That's good to hear because... She's, she's nominated for Golden Globe in it. Right. And I hope she's nominated for an Academy Award because she carries the whole movie and she's fantastic. Yeah. In it. She has done so good with her career since adaptation. Yeah, she has. She, she's just really good. I, mean, I think just she'll eventually be a household casting name that roles nobody can say. As well. I mean, since adaptation to now, like Hannah... Uh, you can kind of scratch the host, but yeah, um, she, she's a good little actress. That's good to hear because I really wanted to see it just because of all the awards buzz, but it looked kind of boring. So yeah. I'm glad to know it's actually a good movie. Yeah, I think for the most part, it seems like it's pretty authentic. There's a a scene in the beginning where she's you know on the boat. Uh, going across, you know, the ocean, and right. you know, she gets seasick, and they don't really hold back on some of that, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. it's 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 good. I really enjoyed it. Um, other two Christmas movies I I saw this last week that I've never seen. One is White Christmas. Uh, it is the yes. Bing Crosby. Yes. Um, I don't know. I guess musical uh, slash eh, comedy. Um, yeah. I, 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 I consider a, a musical. Yeah, yeah it's officially yeah. my first Bing Crosby movie. I've, I've never seen, um, I've never seen anything that he's ever been in before. But really, what I was, uh, the character I was most uh, drawn to was uh, Danny Kay, who yeah. is his, you know, his partner in crime yeah. throughout the whole thing. He was hilarious. I just, I really liked that. I, the first thirty minutes to an hour of the movie, I really enjoyed. I thought it really dragged. Uh, after that and then when it finally kind of came home in the ending like it was you know it was good you know the thing about a lot of these old movies because you know white christmas came out in uh you know 1954 like, they're predictable they're corny right. so you excuse them for their corniness right. um so you can kind of get past uh, a lot of stuff but um in particular the uh the sisters act song oh uh, yeah uh, you know that was really funny and actually i read later on that it was uh there wasn't even in the original script that they were kind of... Are talking about Oh Happy Day? No, no, where they're both Bing Crosby oh, and Dana Kay yeah, yeah, are uh, yeah. dressed uh, as the women, yes. as the other two are... Uh, I'm sorry, as at Rosemary uh, Clooney and Vera Ellen are escaping okay. out the back window. Um, that was a really funny scene. And, and apparently, like I said, they uh, off script or off screen, they were they were fooling around doing that, and the director liked it so much, they wrote it into the movie. <laughs> and, uh, and actually, that is really Bing Crosby laughing. It's his real laugh because... And that was the best take they could get because Danny Kay kept making him laugh throughout it. So, huh. you know, pretty That's cool little trivia. Uh, you know, good Christmas movie, solid Christmas movie. Uh, the other one, yeah, uh, this as is what I've been waiting for. Much discussed. Uh, I watched It's a Wonderful Life, and that was my number one on my shamefully yes. have not seen movies. Yeah. Um, in short, I thought it was a really, really good movie. I, there I, we I go. loved it. And anything I ever thought about It's a Wonderful Life, I was completely wrong on. Like yes. I was like, okay, it's about I – mean, I was thinking it's kind of like a Christmas story where um, Clarence, the angel, probably meets him in the beginning of it and then shows him all these reasons right. why he's supposed to be an important person. And it was not that at all. I mean, I don't yeah. think I'm spoiling anything by saying it takes an hour and a half for Clarence to kind of come on screen yeah. You're not spoiling anything because everyone everyone else in the world has seen it besides you two. Um, You know, what we kind of – either you said it and I just didn't hear it. I didn't realize how much of a dreamer that that Jimmy Stewart is. Yeah. um, George Bailey. I mean, he's he's so – he's always out there dreaming – and I don't want to say he's not a selfish person because he is kind of selfish. Like he mm-hmm. does a lot of selfishness, so, uh, let's see, unselfish deeds right. throughout the movie. He sacrifices a lot of his dreams. But then you always catch him kicking car doors and sulking and right. whining well, and I moaning. Well, I think he's frustrated. Like he's clearly. Like ultimately, like he wants to do what he wants because he has – he is a dreamer and he has these big desires. But ultimately he doesn't right. do them for the – for other right. people. So he still does it for other people. Which, but he acts out a which, little bit. Which you really like. Yeah, acting out is probably yeah. a good way to put it. Um, I'll say real quick, I thought James Stewart was so good in this. Wasn't he? There yes. are so many scenes 
where there's no edits in it. And that's how a lot of these old pictures are, where the scene where he's trying to talk to people out of walking out of his loan yes. company. I mean, that's like about a, a, a three or four minute scene right. with no edit where he's, you know, remembering all that dialogue. Yes. I, I was yeah. very impressed by that. But as far as this, uh, back, kind of back to the story, I think the, the thing I liked the most was, well, it's the quote at the end of the movie, like, no man is a failure who has friends. Right. Yes. And what's funny is that there are several scenes I've seen in this movie throughout my life that I, or say a line like that, that line at the end of the movie mm -hmm. that, you know, I was trying to think of it the entire movie. I was like, right. I was like what is that line that someone <laughs> yeah. said once? And then boom, it is at the end of the movie. Yeah. I was like, oh, it's perfect, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, they nail it, what the true message was. And Rachel, you're right. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be a Christmas movie, but it helps with that Christmas spirit because yes. everyone's usually in better moods and, you know, yes. loving kind of ha you know, right. holiday feeling. Right. The other scene that I've seen in my memory, but... Uh, I could never, I never realized it till now was the scene where the pool opens up yeah, and, and everyone everybody falls, falls in. in. Yes. I've that's, seen that in, in clips That's funny. I my mentioned lifetime. that to Brandon too yes, when that scene did. happened. That was pretty cool. It's like, oh, that's this movie. Yeah. I, that was so cool. Um, I, I just thought Jimmy Stewart was so good in it. I thought the yeah. story was great. The message was excellent. Kudos. High five. Yes. Thanks for that, finally getting me to watch it. Hey, I'm Nothing glad Nothing like did. I thought it was going to be. So right. if there is anyone else out there who hasn't seen it, uh, no, it's, it's nothing like I, th I thought it was going to be. It was so, that, that's so funny because you both had the same reaction as far as that goes. You're both surprised well, a that lot, it was. You, as, a, as a classic and as a movie that my mom watched, I was surprised to see that he wasn't a squeaky clean character. That's what I expected. Yeah. This very, you know, just old classics like that. They're kind of cheesy and they're kind of predictable. And this movie wasn't really that. And that's what I expected it to be. That's yeah. why I thought it was going to be totally different than it was. Do yeah. you see now also why I love the George Bailey character so much? I mean, I think he's such a great character because yeah. he uh, he's because I don't know about dad sometimes, <laughs> but I think, well, yes, but I didn't put him on my the, dad list. You didn't No. Okay. All right. But yes, as far as a character, like yeah. doing the right thing and helping others and not being selfish, yeah. even though you're whining on the side. I mean, Yes, I, I really I, I really liked that about yeah, it. And, yeah. you know, I think there's a lot of people that we can say throughout our lives we know that are like that. Right. And so it, it's kind of cool to see that on screen. I think it holds up really well. It does. And that's the other um, thing. A lot of the classics. For a guy who's never seen it. A lot of the classics, like I respect them because, you know, they're pioneering or they're influential or, hey, I understand you couldn't. You didn't have what then what you have now. But this one, it legitimately holds up. It's still entertaining. It's still well written. It's still well acted. And that's. It's pretty rare for those those older movies to be like that, to still be able to be entertained and, and impressed by a movie from back then. Yeah. Um, well, good. That's the review I wanted to hear. I'm glad you liked it so much. That makes me happy. Okay, what I watched this week, I just want to quickly throw out, uh, Rachel and I finished Screen Queens, the first season of it. We did. Highly recommend watching it. It's not for everybody. It's not Not everybody. everybody is going to get the humor. Like I don't no. think Jay, Jacob would like it. No, I, I don't either. But you all said some good things about the TV show, right? Yeah, yeah the, yeah. the show, I, I highly recommend it if you're the kind of person that likes kind of tongue-in-cheek, sometimes over-the-top horror comedy. Yeah. I probably wouldn't or like, like it. Be, right. Or like <laughs> B-horror movies. Right. Or you just have to get that yeah. kind of humor. It's actually if you, really, really smart. It's a very it smart and well-written <laughs> show. And if you understand and appreciate that type of humor, you'll freaking love it. Yeah. It's hilarious. Uh, but the... Movie I want to talk about because we won't review it here on the show is Sisters. Um, uh, with curious two, about this, it's yeah. got decent reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, and that's what I would say. I it was, the trailer looked terrible. It was pretty decent. Okay, here's the deal: <laughs> all of us like Tina Fey and Amy Poehler, and for that reason, and I think everybody likes Tina Fey and yeah. Amy Poehler. They're both really funny. They're both really likable. They're both really smart. They're both good writers. Um, and they, I mean, they definitely carry this movie. It's just fun. You know that they're best friends off screen. Right. And that off screen chemistry completely translates to the big screen. Like a lot of times you're like, I bet you they were just kind of off the cuff, improving, riffing, and it made, you know, the final cut because they're just really funny together. And you can tell they like each other. So them playing sisters is kind of the perfect, uh, the perfect scenario. What was interesting to me was Tina Fey completely plays against type. You know, she's usually the nerdy girl, kind of the geeky girl, kind of like awkward, not comfortable in her skin. Liz Lemon. Yeah, she's a Liz Lemon. <laughs> that's that's who she is. And because I, I think that's who Tina Fey that is. That is who she she's is. She's smart and funny, but kind of you know yep. not real. You know, 
she doesn't take herself seriously. She doesn't think she's sexy or anything. But in this one, she plays the party girl, sexy, confident, funny one. So it was weird seeing Liz Lemon be like the confident, sexy, you know. That would be weird. It was weird. It was weird, but it was kind of fun to see her. You can see that she kind of had fun with it. Um, I mean, I, I won't get into the plot. I mean, it's a comedy. It's a real basic well, plot. What is it? Because isn't it? Say it real the, quick. Their, just the basic their part parents of it. are selling their childhood home, and so they're coming home to basically clean out their rooms. But while they're there, like, hey, let's have one final party here at the house. Uh, you know, they're both single at this point. Right. And so they have a big last hurrah at the house. <laughs> they don't want the parents to sell the house. Um, you know, and so and then the party just kind of goes crazy. Like it gets out of hand. And and Amy Puller was always the very straight laced nerdy one. And so she wants her time to party. And Tina Fey is going to try to be the responsible one. And so they kind of reverse roles. So it's, I, a fun, it's not like hilarious. But I think anybody who enjoys those two will like the movie. At any moment, does it get too heavy? Like, do they have a heart's heart? And you're like, that's uh, the that's the only thing. And you know, that's how a lot of they do it in are. every they single do. comedy. And that was the just only just like time. Saved by the Bell. And I told yeah, <laughs> yeah our full house from the yeah. strings come. Uh, and that was what I told Missy. That was the only time I was kind of like, uh, okay, get over. It. All right, let's get past this part because uh, you know they they have a tiff or whatever. And that yep. that always happens. There's one of those in every comedy movies, and some people sometimes they can pull it off, like in Trainwreck, and then sometimes they can't. Like I would say, yeah, I would say, and I would say that's Trainwreck pulls off really well. This one is kind of like okay, whatever. Like that I don't was, think it necessarily we, pulled it off, and I think that's when it kind of lost me a little bit when they they it was going along so well, and then at one point it kind of gets a little over the top, kind of dumb humor, kind of like. Not oh. bathroom humor, but nobody like, loves fart jokes and no. poop jokes like Tina Fey That's and true. Amy Poehler. Oh. That's true, <laughs> and, and it kind of resists that for most of the movie. It's mostly smart humor for the for most of it, and then once the party gets like too crazy, it goes that way, and then. That's when but, I check out, and then, yeah. and, but, and then that's also when like the tiff happens because right. you know they've gone too crazy, right. and so there's kind of like an argument, and you kind of have to get through all that to get to the resolution. Gotcha. But up until then, I really liked it. Okay, so. So that is what I've watched this week. Uh, I did watch The Hateful Eight, but we're going to review that in a later podcast. Good. So uh, be sure to listen to that. And listen to our top five this week. Um, because we reviewed The Big Short with a great ensemble cast, we're going to count down our top five favorite ensemble movies of all time. Wait, Here. side note. Uh, go see The Hateful Eight at AMC because we are one of the few theaters that actually got it in the... Uh, one of the few cities. What print was it? 70, 70 millimeter. millimeter. Yeah. Uh, take advantage of this. Oklahoma yeah. City actually got recognized and actually got that print, which doesn't happen everywhere. Which yeah, it's awesome. awesome. I did not know that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because you need it. Because what's going to happen? I'm glad you said that. I would that. love that. Because that's why it's not in wide release yet. We're no. actually one of the few people to get it. Yeah, and, and so that's why it's not like making a ton of the box office because it's only in, like I think, 40 or 50 cities. Something like that. Um, and, you, and it's only at AMC. And once it goes to January 8th or 9th or whatever, when it releases wide. It'll the, be taken out. The 70 millimeter part is going to be taken out. The studio actually paid to put projectors back in these theaters. Right. Yeah. yeah. And it's cool. I mean, the, the, it is it's, really, it's cool. really cool. And there's like a, there's, well, I don't want to spoil anything, but you, you get like a little handbook when you get there. Like they give you, yeah, a, you little get a little booklet booklet and things like that. So it's a, awesome. it's a cool experience. So you, you definitely need to check it. It's a little more expensive, but it's worth it. Um, especially if you're a Tarantino fan. Or a movie purist. Yes. Good call. This is Pulp Fiction. Thank you for listening.